Hi, I'm Skip Nipper. Welcome to my podcast where I tell you about Nashville's great baseball history and traditions. Shot to write a one-hop liner. Certainly about its past, especially about Tom Wilson Park, Herschel Greer Stadium, Sulphur Dale, but also a little bit about its present and future, too. Yes, he can. A mix the waist-high catch. And I introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans and their love for everything baseball. A high fly ball down the right field corner going way back. Hits a leadoff home run. There was once a tall marquee that called attention to Nashville's famous ball field that had been home to amateur and professional teams since probably as early as 1870. That sign stood over the entrance to Sulphurdale and proclaimed it as baseball's most historic park. And you can see that reproduced on the back of the batter's eye at First Horizon Park, where the Nashville Sounds play today. Nashville's professional teams, the Americans, the Blues, the Tigers, the Seraphs, and of course the Vols, were joined by the Negro League Elite Giants and a multitude of local amateur teams which claimed the Dale as their home field. In the early days, the park faced to the northeast toward the state capitol. The park was reconfigured in the winter of 1926 so that the sun would no longer be in the eyes of batters during afternoon games, and Nashville was soon to have one of the finest steel and concrete stadiums in the South. Although the old ballpark had seen its share of historic moments from seasons past, In 1927, the new stadium would soon add new chapters to its history to include new crowds, full crowds, exciting teams, outstanding players, and gigantic home runs. And located just north of the city center, Sulphurdale was situated in an area that was below the street level. It had an unusual contour and prone to flooding as the banks of the nearby Cumberland River often overflowed during spring rains. One visiting sports writer described the park as looking like a drained-out bathtub after the flood waters had receded. Major League teams often scheduled exhibition games in southern cities as they broke training camp and made their way north to begin the regular season. Nashville was often a popular stop, and fans embraced the name Suffer Hell by players who had never seen the park that had heard of the unique outfield configuration. They were often victims of the hills that made even the most routine fly ball an adventure. Babe Ruth, always a fixture in right field for the New York Yankees, reportedly refused to play the dump, as they referred to it, and once moved to left field for an exhibition game in Nashville, saying, I won't play on anything a cow won't graze on. A player standing at the base of the fence in right field but his feet were 22 and a half feet above the playing surface. It was a short distance to that fence, too, and often the second baseman would field a hard-hit ball that slapped against the bottom of the wooden fence, caroming back into the infield. The right field fence, you see, was only 262 feet from home plate. That was the Sulphurdale beloved by Nashville baseball fans. The capacity of the ballpark was around 8,000 after 1927, and as baseball boomed, fans faithfully showed their loyalty by filling the parking lot and the streets with their cars and either traveled by trolley or bus or walked the short distance from the city center or from surrounding residential areas nearby. And as Nashville became a baseball town, 
Folks had an insatiable thirst for cheering on their hometown team. The stands would buzz with cheers of support, whether on a chilly spring day in April or a hot sunny afternoon in July. And amateur teams playing at Sulphur Dell experienced rabid fan support too, as baseball became king in the city. With the unusual outfield and that short right field porch, Sulphur Dell even became a major tourist attraction. When lights were added in the early 1930s, folks could spend an evening at the ballpark since they did not have to leave work early. And since television was not yet on the horizon, they could turn their attention to the national pastime under lights that their grandfathers and fathers had enjoyed only in the daytime. But something was missing. Yes, Nashville had a beautiful park, even with its idiosyncrasies. Its clean grandstand shaded its patrons from the afternoon sun during day games. And that's why the stands are reconfigured, with the setting sun no longer in the batter's eyes and the fans shielded from the heat with a cover that provided shade during the 4 or 4.30 p.m. starting time. Fans would often arrive early for batting practice and fill the shaded rear seats until the sun began to move to the west, and then they would move closer to the field as the shadows stretched out onto the lower seats. Now, baseball was supported by the black community, but they were limited to a segregated section of the park where they would watch the game. It was an unusual place to have to sit. The bleachers, for them, were located down the left field line all the way out to the outfield fence in the sun. They could not sit in the stands with white people. They had to go to the Negro bleachers. Everyone loved to cheer for their favorite team at Sulphurdale, and black fans had the Nashville Elite Giants to cheer for in the 1920s. And the team played at Sulphurdale until uh, Nashville Elite Giants owner, Tom Wilson, built his own ballpark in another part of town. And when he moved his club out of Nashville, another black team came into existence, the Nashville Black Vols and the Nashville Cubs, which played in the Negro Southern League. Satchel Page once brought his barnstorming team to Sulphurdale, and the fans poured into the park to see the future Hall of Famer. And when those Negro League teams came to town, supporters could sit in the stands, although there was always a section behind home plate that was reserved for whites. That was not true when the white teams were playing. Blacks were always relegated to the Negro bleachers. Those bleachers were located on the foul territory hill down the left field line with a view of home plate that was partially blocked by the grandstand. And the distance to the restrooms and concessions was about as far away as one could get. And if a batter hit a home run over the center field or the left field fence, Fans in the Negro bleachers had to crane their necks to see it go over the fence since the action was not in front of them. And there certainly was no cover from the sun. And then Jackie Robinson broke the Major League's color barrier. On April 15, 1947, he took place in immortality by starting for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and things began to change. And something changed in Nashville, too. Although it was not an event that changed baseball, I believe it did change the hearts and minds of baseball fans in the mid-state area. On April the 5th, 1953, the Brooklyn Dodgers came to play the Milwaukee Braves in an exhibition game, and one of the Brooklyn players was Nashville's very own Jim Junior Gillum, tutored at Sulphurdale by Willie White. 
White was the longtime equipment manager for the Nashville Vols and controlled who had use of the ballpark when the Vols were not using it. And White helped to develop Gillum at a young age and no doubt had a profound impact on the young player. Along with white fans, the black community came out in droves to support their hero that day, and they filled the bleachers reserved for them. And the Nashville team owners allowed them to sit on the outfield hills, creating their own bleachers in the sun. Although there's no way to know the percentages of whites or blacks in attendance, the total crowd was announced as 11,933, one of the largest crowds to view a game at Sulphurdale. And Gillum had to have been pleased with his performance in his hometown, and Willie White must have been pleased, too. And in the mid-1950s, crowds began to dwindle as their attention turned to television and air conditioning, and perhaps the demise of the Southern Association in 1961 could be attributed to feelings about black ballplayers still not being able to play, even though integration of baseball leagues across the country was ongoing. Major league clubs were no longer going to support segregated leagues. Southern attitudes had been slow to change, but the legacy of Sulphurdale is not its odd shape, its high outfield hills, or its fine stadium seating. Its legacy is through the dark shadows of segregation. Baseball provided a way for people to enjoy the game that so many loved, where everyone could cheer for a hero, no matter his skin color and when they tore the stadium down and the park was gone, everyone was in the sun.